Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Caroline Stocks with Poultry Health Today, and we're speaking to Donna Hill of Donna Hill Consulting. Donna, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. We're talking about chick quality, um, but specifically in antibiotic-free systems. So when does good chick quality start? Does it with the incubation process? Actually, it starts when, when the egg is put into the, into the incubator in the first moments of that. So it starts and it continues for greater than 21 days. And so you have to, you basically have to control your incubation environment to have good chick quality. Uh, incubation, I like to think of it as an energy equation. The better job you do with the environment, just like in a broiler house, the more developed the chick is going to be when he hatches. So how do you actually optimize the incubation process? Well, you have uh, equipment in the United States is mostly multi-stage. And there is single stage incubation out there. And the single stage is more geared to what the, to the embryo itself than the multi-stage is. So for the multi-stage, you're basically cold in the first week. And so that's delaying your development. Whereas in the single stage, you're warm and humid and you're getting the development in the first week. So it's the first week that sets the stage for everything else that's built on top of it, including the organ systems and the intestinal tract and the immune system. So looking into that in a bit more detail then, what specifically happens if the incubation period isn't optimized? The embryo is just like the birds on on the farm are. They're going to sacrifice growth for survival. So you get this incubation is, is a growth equation. The better job you do with incubation, the better, the, the better developed the embryo is at harvest. So the more you uh, provide the environment, the more he devotes the resources from the egg into making a chick. And you, you get this developmental uh, uh, slowdown and as the chicks are hatching there's a high stress period and the more they need oxygen the, the less the shell is, condu- is conductive of oxygen so they go into an anaerobic metabolism and it's just like a runner that hits a wall they hatch they may live but they're going to die out in the field they're going to be susceptible to anything such as bacterial challenge so what impact does it have in terms of productivity? Are they slower growing as well as more susceptible to disease? Yeah, the one-week mortality will go up. And you will see in the NAE system, which the antibiotics used to prop these chicks up. Now they're not there. So you see more bacterial more bacteria in these chicks in the first week. A lot of what I'm seeing now, it's the bacteria even into the second week. And... Um, with NAE, you, you want to really get these good quality chicks so that they don't have these problems. Mm, okay. 
In terms of um, then producers, how would they be able to tell whether they've got problems with that incubation process? Well, we do what we call breakouts on the residue um, from the after hatch, all the eggs that didn't hatch. You can basically use size to determine if it's an incubator or a hatcher issue. Because obviously, if it's an incubator issue, you'll have a much smaller chick than it is if, if you have a hatcher issue. And so you're looking at development of the chicks and you're deciding with that break with that residue breakout you're learning a lot about what's coming from the hen and what's coming in the incubation process so where in your experience do people tend to be going wrong where are the biggest kind of problem areas yeah what i see especially in the u.s which you own everyone has a multi-stage background they don't have the experience of a single stage, which, you know, the more you see of different systems, the more you understand. So people are lowering their in incubator temperatures because they're measuring these hot temperatures on the, on the end of incubation. Well, when you lower that temperature, you're also, during the first week of incubation in multi-stage, it's too cool. So when you lower that set point, you make them even more cool. So you're, you have the system, a system that's not supporting them in the beginning, and it's made worse by too low a set point. And so you, you end up with chicks that basically look normal. They don't look like anything's wrong, but they're about a centimeter too small. Okay, and then obviously that impacts their growth yeah. as they go and in terms of long-term productivity then what kind of impact does that have they will be less uniform in the at the processing plant uh, they'll be slower to develop an immune system it will affect their breast meat yield because the number of cells that are in the embryo or all in the breast muscle are all the cells it will ever have so you're sacrificing uh, growth for survival you'll start to see that the heart is affected. You can see more of what's called ascites because they're using the glycogen stores from the heart basically to survive because they've utilized all of them readily available in the yolk. How does genetics play a role in all of this? Mm, genetics are probably the biggest player that we have because as we select for breast meat yield, the embryo is producing more heat. So we've gone from say 0.1 watts per, per embryo to 0.4 watts per embryo. So instead of seeing a 99 to 100 degree embryo temperature, you have everything from 97 to 104. So, and there's another factor that genetics is, in play, is driving the incubation process because the conductance is decreased and as the conductance decreases, the less oxygen is brought into the embryo on the shell. And that means that with the overheated temperature, with the hot temperatures, they have higher metabolism, which means that they need more oxygen. But now the shell is limiting their oxygen. And that's when they go into the anaerobic metabolism and use the heart, the liver, and the kidney. So you hatch a chick that just is very weak, just like a runner hitting a wall. 
So aside from looking at genetics and, and understanding those, those factors, what else can producers do from a technical or management standpoint? They can um, not set floor eggs. And that's a very difficult one for the industry because the floor, but the floor eggs, all it takes is one to contaminate the whole, uh, the whole egg mass. So looking beyond the incubation process, how do you ensure that the early days of a chick's life um, set it in good stead for, for a productive life? One of the most important things is to basically maintain the body temperature of the chick to the optimum 104 to 105 degrees Fahrenheit. And the floor in the brooding house is very key. And young breeder flocks basically require more heating time than older breeder flocks because it all depends on the development of their thermoregulatory system. The, the more poorly developed chick you put into a house from, say, incubation problems, the more you have to prop that chick up in the house by increasing the floor temperature. And so I always, you know, one of the things that I always look at is doing the rectal temperatures of the chicks and the eggs and the machine in the hatcher and look at making sure that we're measuring and getting what we expect from an egg temperature and a body temperature in the chicks. Does being antibiotic free complicate that? Oh yes, yeah. everywhere, every misstep you make antibiotic free tells you that you've made a mistake. And so, you know, you have to, you have to support the temperature uh, of the chick and you have to have the best chick possible when you're, uh, when you're placing them on the farm. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.